down the hall and up the stairs. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Hallelujah. We're going to break out of that. We're going to let the Lord strip it off of all of us, that we're not ashamed of the gospel, that, that we are just who he made us, and we've come to a consensus. I am what he made me. When I, I am a new creation in Christ. Hallelujah. I speak in tongues, y'all. Hallelujah. More than y'all if you don't stay up with me. Hallelujah. Woo, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Miss Linda Chen, it's with... It's, with, it's great, with great gravity that I give you this word. And I have fussed with the Lord a little bit about it. That you would not take it wrong. So I, I believe that you will not take it wrong. But he told me in Proverbs 3.21 that you would receive this word. Now, y'all, it's not an embarrassing word. Don't y'all think, oh my goodness, what is he going to tell her? But in Proverbs 3.21, it says, My son, let them not depart from thine eyes. Here it is, Miss Linda. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. And that word sound is different than the other words of wisdom. It's, it's not the same, just, you know, get wisdom and all that. We all need to do that. But he's got a call on your life, Miss Linda, and sound wisdom means efficient wisdom, wisdom that works now. And the, the, when I looked it up, because I didn't know really what the word meant, he said it's a wisdom that brings abiding success. He wants you to ask him for this sound wisdom, and he's going to take you to a new level. He's taking you to a new le level in wisdom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Who? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh my. Um, you know this. You, you come into a service and you just have to flow because I, I didn't have any of this this morning. I just uh, as I was kind of going out the door this morning, just focused on this other. I've had a whale of a week, just a wild-eyed week. And, and uh, you know, you'd think one thing, but it just, the Lord's really helped me. Um, he told me, Eric and Anita, because I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going down the church directory, and I'm certainly not thumbing through my Bible, but he told me Colossians 4.3 for you. And I don't even remember the word now. Um, 4.3 says, ooh, thank you, Lord. Oh, yeah, that he's, that, that, that the Lord has been setting people in prayer for you, and God was going to open unto you a new door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ together. Now, we, we're not here to figure it out. We're just here to say, here's the signpost. Pay attention. Did y'all take that word? Did you receive it? That he was going to open a new door. Well, if you're looking for it, when the door opens, you'll consider going through it. Amen? Amen. And my lovely wife. Do y'all know I got the best wife? Guys, you just should have been born earlier. I got the best wife in the world. It's the truth. And you know what? Here at Word of Life Church, you get two for the price of, of one. I don't, I'm trying to get the price up, but hallelujah. We, we are blessed to be here, but this place is blessed that we're here too. I'm just saying the Lord has put us in a good and wide place. And darling, he told me for you... A new, an Isaiah 42 word for you. An Isaiah 42, verse 8. And I'm excited about this. Because, you know, when I'm, when I'm open to the Lord about giving words to people, I'm always looking for y'all, not her, certainly not me. But he told me 
Isaiah 42, 8. And that word says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass, and here it is right here, and new things do I declare before they spring forth, I tell you of them. And he's going to start telling you the future. You're going to know it before it happens. Well, you know, it's always good to have someone in church that knows what's coming before it happens. Hallelujah. And you know, it just defines. Now, to give you, it defines the calling on this church. When you find out what the leaders are, are supposed to be doing and having and getting, it defines what of us. We're supposed to be forerunners in Tuscaloosa County. We're supposed to know things before they happen. Why? So we can pray out and say out things before they happen and so that we can prepare for them to happen. We can fund them and we can speak and we can make a way. And so uh, that's what he told me for you, darling. Hallelujah. And I believe that's it. For this moment, praise God. Turning your Bible with me to the book of Daniel, chapter 1. We're going to the Word this morning, and what a privilege. Hallelujah. So if the, if the devil sent you $1,000 this week, you're, and you're in church, and he told you you couldn't cash it if you came to church, just tear it up and say, I'm going to make more than that, devil. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, you're at the right place this morning. Amen. Ray said amen. Y'all say amen with Ray. <laughs> Daniel chapter 1. Where is that? Daniel chapter 1, verse 17. I want to talk about you and I being unstoppable. This is my third Sunday on it. Of course, you know it's one of those titles that you can just preach anything and you go, yeah, that's what that was about. Sure enough. Hallelujah. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Um, and in verse 20, and in, all, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. Hallelujah. Verse 17, these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. And verse 20, in all and in all matters of wisdom and in all matters of wisdom and understanding, the king inquired of them. He found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. Hallelujah. You know, uh, we understand some things, and I want to bring a new slant to you this morning. I'm a, I'm a big picture guy. Now, Debbie, she'll tell you how to pray and how to say and how to unfold and how to refold. She'll give you details that are just marvelous. But I'm kind of a, I'm kind of, let's, let's look at the whole big picture, because I find that I, and, and others as well, sometimes run their race on the wrong track without ever looking up, you know, the old, you can't see the forest for the trees type of thing. Sometimes you got to stop your life and, and make sure you're in the right place running your race. That you're, that, you know, and then get back and put your nose to the grindstone, so to speak, but just don't be running in vain. The, the thing that I would, would uh, not want more than anything in my life is that I had run my race in vain. I, you know, it's just, I'm not so much about how it all turns out as much as that that I want to be pleasing to him. I want to be where I should be doing my thing. 
I'm not about the glory and about the big thing and all that, just that I'm at the right place. I've been where I was at the wrong place before. Anybody been there before? Like, yeah, man, I wasted some time there. And, and the only time I've ever been upset with the Lord, and I was young when I was, it's the only time in my whole life that I've had a gripe with him. And it's when I got the Holy Ghost. I was just 25 years old, and I got the Holy Ghost. And, uh, and I was just like, God, this is so marvelous. This is so wonderful. But I'm, tw- I'm fixing to be 26. It was just nine days before my birthday. And uh, I was so not happy because it's, God, I have wasted 25 years of my life. Because if I'd have had this, like all these uh, Pentecostal boys, I could be down the road and this is just, you know, and I was so conscious of time back then, I wouldn't even go get a degree because I didn't want to waste four years. I was just like, I got to get on it. And I'm not recommending this. I'm just saying that's where I was. And uh, the Lord told me, he said, I'm going to make up time for you. It'll be like you got it and better than back then. And it just, it just, it, I never, I've never fussed at the Lord again, which is better. <laughs> it's better not to fuss at the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. But uh, in that vein, you get to thinking about how we consider an education important, that we consider training essential. If you were to have to have a loved one go into brain surgery, you wouldn't want somebody that was trying out. You wouldn't want someone that was saying, you know, that's what I'm thinking. It's between a, 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 a toast toe technology and brain technology. I've kind of got a double major here and, you know, but I'll operate on your cousin and we won't even charge much. Just, you know, have me over for barbecue next week and I'll take his brain out and fix it and put it back in and do the best I can. We're going, whoa, whoa, this, no, no. And so we understand that we, we, we seek out the best. And when you hear people talk about professionals, whether it be a banker or an investment guy or a, a medical person or, or someone like that, you'll have them say and justify, we're using him because he's the best and he's got this and he does that and he goes to UAB and he teaches over here. And, and you know, we like someone that's trained. But when it comes to the things of God, I have found, now y'all hear this, I have found that we'll dequalify ourselves and say, I don't have to study. I don't have to know. All I got to know is what grandma said that I heard passing through the kitchen one time as I was going to the bathroom back there going from the, you know, and I heard her say this, I think, and that's my whole, that's my whole doctrine right there. And I'm going out and I'm going to, I'm going to attack life and live by faith based on knowing nothing. Don't read my Bible. Go to church and fuss with the preacher and uh, criticize the, the, the evangelists on TV. And yet I'm an expert and I deserve to, to determine my destiny and what I'm going to do with my life with God based on that. It's, it's just crazy. Now, and if, if I put it in these terms, maybe you go, that is a little bit crazy that we are so after an education and so after technical knowledge and we'll read a book about some program for our computer. Well, maybe we'll buy the book. We might not necessarily read it, but we'll, we'll scan it or whatever. And we'll get on the Internet and say, I need to know about this and I need to know about that. We know, I, uh, Debbie's cousin, I spent the night with him the other night, and they said that Chance knows if you name any singer, he knows the songs they've sung, the venues he's been in. He know, they know, he know, he's 13. He knows their married life, their professional life, how many albums, and you can just mention anybody of, in any realm, and he knows it. Country, in the country realm. He knows it all. 
And they were rather fascinated with that. You know, our son knows this, and it was like, you want to have him do brain surgery? You know, you want him to, you know, to do marriage counseling for you? You want him to make your financial decisions? He's an expert in something, but it's just so narrow. And yet we sometimes think because we've been around that we know something about God. But we don't know anything about God until we know his word. And so that's why I got mad at my little, my little, uh, they bumped me up into first class the other day, and I was on the very front row, first class, you know. Yeah, there was just two of us on that side of the aisle versus those, those suckers back there with three, which is how I went down there, hallelujah. And, uh, but I got this knothead, you know, and he's just telling me that my, my New Testament wasn't valid. He was saying, oh, I, they, just, they just make that up. They write in there anything, you know. He's like, I said, you're in America, Gordon? And you, you, yeah, I can't even tell you all this. I'll get distracted. But I'm just saying, he was an expert. He said, I said, okay, so what are you going to do about sin, Gordon? Have you ever sinned? And he stopped to think. He said, well, not adultery and not stealing. He said, I may have done something when I was young, but, you know, God don't pay no attention to that because you're just young. He said, no, I don't guess I ever have. And I took my iPod and I said, I put it in this ear and then I held up the other one. I said, goodbye and stuck it in the other ear and it, I said I hadn't got any room for you I was really just trying to get him to think about it that I was going to ignore him because he would have talked my ear off but he was a he was an expert about God and he didn't even believe the Bible and so family your whole life depends on what you know about God how he thinks how he operates what his plans are your whole life depends it's not on your education do you know any People that are educated, that are as dumb as a rock, can't come out of the rain. And I'm not disparaging education. I'm not. But I'm just saying it is not the total ticket. And do you know anybody that's retired from a craft and, and they, they, they were a welder or they were a nurse or whatever, but yet they're dysfunctional in every other area of their life and, and a disease comes into their family and they totally lose it? Are you all here this morning? So we've got to change. We've got to adjust uh, consistent to a consistency in our life where we don't think we think one way, but when we, when we have a test, we have someone say, what do you really believe across your life? We can't make it add up. In other words, we say that training and education and studying and meditation is important. That's what got Daniel this job. He, he studied and meditated, and the king said, you're the guys. I don't have anybody around here that knows what you know. We're going to put you up front. And we all say, oh, yeah, I go to church, but then we don't know anything. Can you tell me in the Bible where the Bible supports the Trinity doctrine? Could you tell me that this morning? Do you, can you say... Can you quote three scriptures about healing? Do you have a set of CDs or cassettes at home uh, about prosperity? You know, we, we know all about it, but sometimes we don't know it. And our lives reflect it, whether we like to believe it or not. We, we make up and say, yeah, but that's this and this is that, you know. It was just like Gordon telling me, you know, I don't guess I ever have sinned. He said, you're an idiot. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this to him. He's 76 years old. And he, I said, you are, a, you are a bona fide certified kook. You haven't sinned. I had to get his attention because he, he, he's going to hell and he is, he is thick, thick-headed. I mean, you, you have to throw a hammer at him to get his attention. It's not like you could dance with this guy. And I, you know, I, this is just a two-hour flight. So, you know, DFW to Birmingham. So I had to get to him quick. And so I got to get to y'all quick because y'all are thinking, you know, Applebee's or something. Let me see what I got in my notes here. Okay. 
Do you want brain surgery from somebody that slept at the Holiday Inn last night? Oh, y'all don't watch TV. Okay, you don't know what that means. So, um, Joshua 1.8. Turn to Joshua 1.8. This is going to be short and sweet this morning. Now, I alone hold the definition of short and sweet. (laughs) It's not your definition or my father-in-law's. Hallelujah. Look what it says in verse 8. Here's what the Bible says about the Bible. Here's what God says to you about your future. Well, we know so many things. We, we understand so much about God. We're an authority about so much. But sometimes you've got to stop and say, do what I know. Is what I know relevant? And if what is what I'm pursuing, is it, is it going to affect my future? It's kind of like the begats. There is a place for them, but... When you've got cancer, when you've got a child that's in rebellion, when you've got a job situation, the begats is not where you go in the Word of God. (laughs) Every word of God is inspired, but not every word is anointed for you every day. And it says here in verse 8, he said, This book of the law, say my Bible, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, out of thy mouth. So it's not just reading. It's reading to say, isn't it? This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Why, Joshua? That thou mayest observe to do. So we're reading and saying in order to do, to do what? According to all that is written therein. In other words, that we line up, that I line my life up with the word of God. No close enough stuff. Close enough is close enough that we line it up because how many of y'all know the Bible has got some stuff in it that God says he expects to have in our lives that hadn't come into our lives yet. And yet we just say, well, it's not it's 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 God's fault and close enough is close enough. Maybe it's not as close enough as we thought. Maybe there's still yet an adjustment to be made. And what Debbie said is true. And it's what we're on right now is it's time for all of us to grow to another level. Thank God for what we have. Thank God we do speak in tongues. Thank God that he, we have had a miracle happen to us. I so cherish what God has done for me in my life and the testimonies of what I've seen and experienced. But you can't live the future on that. Y'all say amen. And he says there that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. Why, Joshua? For then. For then. So there's a, there's, a, there's a medical school you got to go to before you can go to brain surgery school before they'll let you in the operating room with your cousin. They don't just say, who's available today out here? Johnny, go on in there and see what you can do. Yeah. So we expect it. And, and, and you know if anything goes wrong in a surgery... If anything goes wrong in the medical field, someone's going to tell it, and we're going to sue their wings off. Someone's coming up with $100,000 because my cousin doesn't think right anymore. And the truth is, he never thought right. You know, do you have that cousin? He never did, but now we can, we can pay out on it. No, we expect perfection. But we're letting God off with nothing. We're saying, close enough, you know, we didn't expect you to really do it. We, like she said, this is so important. We spoke to the storm, but we went to the closet and prayed, you just crazy, crazy, and turned on the TV the whole time. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, you know, and just was, just was berserk. I've been there. I mean, it's been a long time, but, but been there. Where you say you're in faith, 
but nothing corresponds to it. If they zoomed in, if the, if the nanny cam caught you, they, and, then, and, and they put you on the screen, they would never pick you out of a crowd of people. Who's, uh, of these three people, who's in faith? They'd never pick you out. They would never point to a person that had prayed the prayer of faith that morning and spoke to the storm and said, you're going over, around, but you're not coming through. And I've seen it, and I've heard it, and you have too. Hopefully not in your own family, but we've all seen it in others where, where uh, something happens in a crowd and the people panic and they are totally, they totally lose it. You ever, been, you ever seen movies where the, the elevator stopped and everybody in there just totally, they're just, they're just losing it? Or in a crowd where they say fire or whatever, where people are emotionally on the edge all the time. That's not us. That's not us. We're under the control of the Holy Spirit, and we're aligning our lives with the Word of God. There's something in our life that's stable, that stays the same, that doesn't change, and it's that Word inside of us that we believe and say. And if it's not that way, and it is in some way off in every one of us, we're not there yet in any of us. Y'all say amen. Don't be like Gordon, like I've never sinned. <laughs> no, we all have to say, I'm pressing towards the mark. I'm, I'm pushing. I'm, I'm, I'm working on my soul. I'm putting stuff in, and I'm extracting stuff, and I'm working. It's a process. Born again instantly, but, but uh, renewed in the mind constantly and progressively. And y'all, my, my dear friend, you know, for 18 months, he fought this fight, my friend in Houston, and, uh, you know, I buried him this week. And, and the reason I tell you that is to tell you what he's telling everybody. I just found out. He's telling everybody, don't do like me. Get in the Word now before something comes. Because he said, I was behind. And I'm telling you, he was in my church in 83, and, and he loved God as much as anybody I know. But loving God is not enough. He was a God lover, and he was a grace preacher. He preached grace to everybody. Wonderful man. I'm not taken away from him, but you got to know some stuff if you want to win at some stuff. And you got to start before the race starts. And he was telling everybody, Scott was telling everybody, you got to get on this now because if they ever pull the gun in the race, you need to be already one lap in. Because he said, this stuff takes off. And, uh, and he suffered. He just suffered so much. He's just, he was just such a trooper, but he suffered. And he got where he couldn't take the word in. He got where he couldn't hear his wife reading the word. He got where he couldn't assimilate. He was hallucinating under the, under the drug. I mean, you just think it'll always be to the last breath. I'll be what I am now, able to just make just choices and decisions. But, but it's progressively against you. And I'm not trying to give you a, a bad scenario that it's going to come on you, but I'm saying even if you want to do it for somebody else, you, got, you can live by miracles, but you can't be in faith for somebody else if you live by miracle to miracle. If you want to help somebody else in their life and you want to bring a miracle to somebody else, you're going to have to live by faith in your own life. You cannot be someone that lives by the seat of your pants. Oh, I'll get pastor to pray for me. I'll get the man of the evangelist to come. Th I'll live by a miracle but then you're going to have something for somebody else. It doesn't work that way. All you can do is get something for you, but even then, it's suspect. You, you, you think your mind will always play in right, but, but under assault and under attack, 
your mind might not line up like you expect it to, like you think it will. Because pressure is tremendous when you get in these life and death things. And sometimes we don't even want to live for ourselves as much as we're expected to live for others. We know that if we leave, our family is going to be devastated. So we, as much as anything, stay here for them to make a living and to, you know, raise the kids or whatever. And so we get in there and you just have all these issues. What she said was so important. You know, it's, it's not hard to live by faith. It's a blessing to live by faith. It's just a peace. It's a confidence. We're, we could go to Romans chapter 4. You ought to read what, what Abraham got himself to in 25 years of waiting on Sarah and working with Sarah and working with his own life, how he got where that, uh, that, um, that he considered not his own body. Well, you go, I'll just do that. It, it's not just like I'll just do that. It's not a head thing. you got to get yourself where down in here you're full of God. Turn to Mark chapter 11. I'm sounding the, the, the alarm. I'm, sounding, I'm blowing the trumpet, y'all, to just do what Christians do. I'm not asking you to do something weird or outlandish or extreme. I'm saying let's just be Christians. Let's just get out of the world. I'm not saying quit running around fornicating and going to the lotto and the casinos. We're not even talking about that. We're saying just quit being overwhelmed by the pleasures of the world. You can't taste all of them. You can't go on every cruise and you can't go to every island paradise and you can't you can't own every uh, antique car and you can't you can't sew every every quilt or whatever that life has out there. You can't get around to all of it in your own life, but you can't be a strong Christian and have everything in the world. Yeah, we do need distractions. We do need to take trips. We do need to have a hobby. We need to have things that interest us and, and, and fulfill us and everything. But people have just gone like, I'm going to get it all because, you know, you just live once. You might not live as long as you think if you don't give yourself to the things of God. And, you know, it's not just us anymore. We got people around us that are looking to us in this stress-filled, very uh, dramatic world we live in. They're looking for anybody that's standing in the storm. Used to be American society was just like everybody was Christian. We were all the same. We all went to church pretty much. And, you know, I don't know if y'all remember the 40s and 50s and early 60s, but everybody kind of went to church and did the right thing. And your hand, your, your word was your bond and a handshake was your contract. And, and you just did the right thing. Those days are nowhere around. Now it's dog eat dog. <laughs> and so everybody's looking around saying, is there anybody that really believes in God? So you don't, you and I, all we got to do is just do the right thing. We just got to be filled with God's word and stand there. And all of a sudden we'll be a blinking light, like a lighthouse out across the waves. They'll say, I got to find that one because I'm going under. Boy, that's good preaching, Pastor. Don't quit now. We, 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 amen, they said. Where'd I have us go? Mark, Mark chapter 11. Now, the word says, this is Old Testament, I mean, in the sense of, the, of who he's talking to, but he said there in verse 23, Verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto the mountain. Well, now, right there, you can say that there's two places or two ports, two sources of saying. There's saying out of your heart, and there's saying out of your head. How many of you all know your heart can say and your head can say? 
and they both come out of the same place. It's English in this room. It's English, and it comes out between your teeth. You don't have a heart portal that comes out of your ear. You know, oh, it's coming out over here. It must be my heart. No, everything comes out of the mouth, so we can't always judge what comes out of our head. Y'all had anybody just chew you out and cuss you and spit on you and everything? And then, you know, and you go, and they go, well, I'm going to war. And I like what Debbie, she says, she always says, ah, pay no attention. They were just in their head. They were just, you know, they were just in their head. Well, it sure sounded meaner than that. Ah, tomorrow they'll repent and it'll be all right. Because you can say things out of your head that you're just wanting to, you know, you want to hurt people and you want to, all sorts of things. You've done it. Y'all say amen. (laughs) And so he says here, say to the mountain, verily I say to you, whosoever shall say into this mountain. He's not talking about head talking. He's not talking about taking a script and saying, okay, mountain, or cancer, or no job, or, 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 you know, weird husband. He's not talking about talking to these things, these mountains out of your head. He's talking about getting it down out of your heart. And that doesn't happen by information. That happens by revelation. And revelation doesn't come from reading a book. It comes from meditating a book. you got to meditate this. Because if you just read it, you'll agree with it. You'll just read it. Have you ever read a chapter and then then said, and then then gone back and lost your place and gone back and read the same chapter and was twelve verses into it till you realized, oh, I've already read that chapter. You ever done that? Shame on us. Like you got twelve verses in it and you go, ah, I've already read this and was twelve verses before you even knew it. So that's not meditating, is it? Nothing went in. It's just, it's just a spiritual exercise. It's just like the, when the teacher says, Johnny, write this 50 times. I will not talk in school. And, you just, you just, and it's mindless. So Jesus said to speak to the mountain. And he's talking about getting something out of here. You want to move a mountain? Then you need a good doctor. You need a good lawyer. You need a good banker. They're professionals. They've studied. They've passed bar exams. They've they've done internships. They've they've qualified. And when they cut, put a knife on you and open you up, they know what they're looking for. They know what needs to come out. They know how to sew you back up. And you know the next day you'll be sitting up with a zipper on you, and they'll say everything's okay. But if you don't have that option in some way, a professional can't fix your whole life, you're going to have to meditate the word of life. You're going to have to learn some things on your own, or you'll get the wrong doctor, the wrong banker, the wrong investment broker. You'll, make, you'll marry the wrong man. You'll, you'll send your kids to, they'll have the wrong friends. I mean, what do we have to explain life here about? Because it's all around us wrong choices and wrong living by not doing it God's way. There's professionals everywhere, but people are having wrecks with their life. Let's get back to the answer. Let's get back to this and saying, you know, I could be a professional in this without ever going to some seminary. How do I do that? Just meditate the word day and night. That means think on it. Doesn't mean you have to actually put your eyes on the scriptures, on the pages, on the words, but you meditate. You meditate. 
You meditate. You say over in your head. You say over in your head, by his stripes I was healed. You say over in your head, he became poor that I through his poverty might be made rich. I'm rich, Lord. I'm supplied. I have all sufficiency in all things. That doesn't come from information. That comes by revelation. Revelation comes by meditation. And all of them bring forth manifestation. And you want more manifestation? You got to have more revelation so that you'll have, and that comes from meditation. The answer's not in hoping. The answer's in the Word of God. You and I have the answer here. And like I told you about a $1,000 church service, what's your price to say I could use a cool check and I could skip church this morning if somebody would send it to me? You know, you could get into that little trap. The same thing about this is because you got seven Bibles at home. How many of y'all got at least seven Bibles at home? Oh, my, yeah. Yeah, in each room, Lawrence. Hallelujah. But that doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean you're more spiritual about anything. It's what you meditate, not even what you read. It's what you meditate. You can actually confess this thing. You can get Charles Caps out and confess him every day for a year. But if you don't have something fresh that brings revelation, it's just spiritual rote. He said there, if you'll say to the mountain, be thou removed, mountain. Now, that's going to take something to say that. When you stuck your little paw up at the storm Friday afternoon, when you looked at it and said, I'm talking to you, tornado. Did anybody in there, do I, am I talking to anybody? I'm talking to you, tornado. We're not just looking up our book and say, all oh, the pages keep turning and I can't get this straight. It came straight out of the heart, didn't it? It didn't come out of something we heard or like rehearsed. It came out of, I'm talking to you. This is me, the righteousness of God. This is my family and our stuff. And you're not touching it. It doesn't matter what you've been spawned from, what hell storms you came from. You are not a part of my future. And you begin to deal with that thing. Well, you don't get that over the weekend. You don't get that out of a book. You get that out of meditating after hearing it, after uh, 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 road testing it over something smaller that you have a confidence. And then like Debbie said, then you don't speak to it and then go run for the closet. Get under the table and get in the bathtub or whatever. When you're first starting out, you bathtubs are good. When you're first starting out, a good strong table with four strong oak legs, they're good. But that's not where we live. It's where we start, but it's not where we live. Am I telling y'all something? Now, I'm talking to this crowd. I'm not talking about the, 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 the smoke and the light show crowd. I'm talking to you of growing strong and building an ark for other people. Not just us and our four, but an ark for people. Not just living, well, I got a miracle back in 96. Woo, saved my life. I got another miracle back in 04. Woo, yeah. It's time to quit living by miracles. Get them to live. Get them, build a bridge with miracles to get into faith. But don't make it your future. Get in faith so that you can bring a miracle to somebody else when they don't know anything and they don't have any sense and they don't have any faith. You can sit there and stand in the gap and lay hands on them and bring a miracle into their life when they can't believe. So he said to say to the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. And then he said, and does not doubt in his heart. Now you got to do some purging there because doubt's everywhere. 
Do y'all know when the storm's there, when the cancer symptoms are there, when, the, when everything's there that says, I am here and I am here to stay, you got to have something in your heart that says, that's not what my Bible says. That's not who I am. That's not what I have. you got to have something that will confront that and make a decision and saying, that's not, that's not how it's going down. Now, until you get that on your own, you're just going to have to come to church and say, Pastor, pray for me. We're going through H-E-L-L. It is bad. We don't know what it means. We don't know how to do it. Pray for me. And or you go next door. Or you, go, you, know, you find somebody that says, help me. We don't know how this works. And you help them. But then you grow. You don't just say, can I keep your number so I won't have to read the Bible? And if you move to Michigan, well, you know, don't always send me your number. It won't work that way. Pretty soon they'll pray and they'll say, and it won't work for you. He said, say to the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. That's the part we're working on. Does not doubt in his heart. Now, we can get it in our head. You ever been around people that could say it right? Say it right? Oh, I'm healed by his stripes. And, and people that have gone on, gone on, went to heaven. And people stood around saying, I don't get it. I don't understand. Because they believed. I heard them say it. I'm healed and God's done it and it's good. And, but, you, you, but see, you don't know where it came from. We can train ourselves to say it out of our head. I need one more amen to go on. You can train yourself to say it out of your head. But listen, now, family, this is, the, this is it. If the mountain didn't move, the mountain didn't move. It doesn't matter what you said. It doesn't matter what you consent to. It doesn't matter what others have, their testimony. I spoke to it, and it moved, and I'm, I'm cancer-free, and I'm clean, and it changed. It doesn't matter. If the mountain didn't move in your life, the mountain didn't move. We say it this way on the new birth. Until you get born again, you're not born again. It doesn't matter if you talk to the preacher that you believe that God and, you know, it doesn't matter. Until you get born again and have a spiritual transaction, you're not born again. The same thing with the mountain. Mountains are challenging to move. Have you ever been around an expert, a plumber, an electrician, and they do it, a tile layer, and they just do it, and you go, wow, that is easy. I ain't paying this sucker no more. I'm, get, I'm getting me some tile and some wire and some pipes, and I'm going to the bathroom, and we're going to have us a deal because it was easy. And you go in there, and your wife screams when she comes in later because professionals make it look easy, and faith makes it look easy. It is easy for faith. But you have to be a professional in faith. In other words, you have to give yourself to it until it becomes more of you than the world is. And if you don't say, I just don't have time, you're wrong, but you have your own life to, to live and to do. Everybody's got their own thing. Um, I'm busy, or I don't believe, or I'm just... Everybody's got a reason why they don't do what the Bible says to do. But we know that doctors make lots of money. We think lawyers make lots of money. We think that, that uh, you know, all the professionals, they, we don't mind paying them something because we know they have an expertise that's beyond our education and our experience. So when we get in trouble, we go hire somebody and they say, this is going to cost you 40 bucks an hour. And they don't even smile. And you just, you just pay it. Listen, what you got out of the Word of God is worth much more than money. 
But if you don't have it, we ain't, the mountain's not moving. The mountain moves every time for the word of faith that's spoken. It never moves for the, the words that come out of a head. I said it never moves. And as a matter of fact, if you do it out of your head and don't get results, it'll hurt your faith. If you presume, well, I didn't study and I didn't meditate and I, you know, I don't know and I'm not going to do that praying business and I'm not going to work on my soul. I'm just going to do what Miss Debbie does and I'm going to speak to the mountain. You better get in the tub. You better the closet because the storm's coming. Can you do it? Can y'all get in faith? Listen, faith is the great equalizer. It's the one thing. It doesn't matter if you was born poor, that you raised your kids because your mama died, it you don't have an education. If you're 75 years old when you get born again, it's the greatest thing. Anybody, that, anybody can do it. Smith Wigglesworth couldn't even read. He raised, he, his parents died when he was six. He got no education because he, he went to work. I think he went in the coal mines. He went to work. He never got an education. He married Polly, his wife. He married her who was educated, and she taught him to read. He was so grateful to read, he refused to read anything but the Bible. They say that he never went more than 15 minutes without stopping and opening the Word of God and saying, we must read. In his own life, he read the Word every 15 minutes that he was awake. Well, you know, there's something going to come out of that. And we love his life. We love the end of it. We say, what a great man. But we attribute that to something in God. But in fact, he took a passion that was inside of him, a gratefulness that he saw, and he applied himself, and the results were predictable. And I'm telling you this morning, if you'll do the same in any measure, the results are predictable. You'll never have trouble again. What would be trouble to anybody else, you'll just say, oh, well, and you'll take care of it in your faith like a professional, like a lawyer or a brain surgeon or a plumber. You got a mess in your bathroom. Oh, my word, it's terrible. And a professional come in there and say, we can do this. And in 30 minutes, they'll come out saying, here's your bill for $200. And you go in there and it's fixed. And you'll go, it was worth every dime. <laughs> Amen. Listen, to be strong in faith is the greatest attribute of your life. You had Nelson, you, pretty girls and lots of money and, and being a great whatever and being famous, all of it pales. Be a young man and know it or be an old fool and know it, it's the truth. This is the greatest attribute that you can attain, is being strong in God's Word. So let's prioritize. One thing about strong Christians, one thing, is they're consistent. That's what makes a strong Christian is someone that's consistent. They don't have to look good, they don't have to speak good, but they just consistently do. They consistently pray, they consistently meditate the Word, they consistently go to church, they consistently walk in love. You don't have to have a worldwide ministry to be great in God, just be consistent. Well, let's stand up. Hallelujah. 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 Then Mark said... You can speak to the mountain and believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. Look what it says. The Bible says, Jesus said it, he shall have whatsoever things he saith. Now you tell me what degree, what diploma, what great honor, what great office politically, what great measure of faith. 
that you could point to and say, that's greater than being able to believe that those things which you say shall come to pass and have those things come to pass. You don't have any, you don't know anybody that's greater than that. There's nobody greater than says, I can take care of this storm. I'll speak to it and it'll come to pass. I speak to it, and it comes to pass. Jesus was in the boat, and they said, Master, we perish. The wind's going to take us out. He had already said, on the other shore, we're going to the other side. He didn't even rebuke the wind in the middle. He just said, we're going to the other side. Those words were enough for him to have confidence. We will be on the other side. Now, they went bonko because they didn't know what he knew like he knew it. I'm getting an upgrade in Jesus. Amen. I'm living, this is 2011, I'm living my last days out in him. Well, you're the preacher. You ought to. Well, I ought to. Because not, not every preacher does. Some of them are dumb as a rock. Some of them are twice as dumb as a rock. But I'm not going to be one of those, and you shouldn't be either. So let's just raise our hand to God right now and say, Lord, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to take my life to the end. I'm changing my mind right now. Now, you just do it right there, wherever you are. I'm changing my mind about the way I've been living. I'm changing my life. I'm changing my mind. I'm doing it different, Lord. I'm giving you the praise. I'm giving you the glory for me having a great life on earth. And, Lord, I want to be that man or woman that speaks to mountains and they move every time. I want it, Lord, and I'm going to pay the price to get it, and I give you praise right now for it. Amen, and amen, and an amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I want you to turn to somebody right now, and then I want you to come back and tell them, I am genuinely changed this morning. Tell somebody, look them in the eye. I am changed right now. I'm changed right now. Hallelujah. Now, I got that from Anita, my daughter-in-law. She looks at Andrew, and when she's about to correct him, she says, look at me. And he's, he's over there, and he's, look at me, because nothing, look at me in the eyes, she tells him. I am so proud of her, and, and you know, I, Eric may do it too, but I, she's the one I see. And he doesn't do anything until he looks her in the eye. And then when he says, yes, Mommy, you know it's done, or at least for a little while. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, we ought to look one another in the eye and say, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely changed today. Now, it doesn't mean we won't come back Wednesday and Sunday and get changed again. We didn't finish it today, but we took a step. And I'm strong. I'm not afraid of the devil. I'm not afraid of storms. I'm not afraid of cancer. I'm not afraid of biological warfare. I'm not afraid of nuclear fallout. I'm not afraid of the economy crashing. I'm not afraid of, of this church having nobody or being 10,000. I'm not afraid. Y'all say Amen. Amen. Because I'm going to do right. I'm going to meditate day and night. I'm going to say what the Word says. And I'm going to say it to do it. Father, I bless what you have blessed. We are blessed of God. And Lord, you said we were blessed to be a blessing. I'm asking you, Lord, for supernatural encounters, even like you gave me with Gordon, God. I'm asking, I gave him my card, Lord, so that he would wrestle with you at night. And call me in the day, Lord, hallelujah, and confess and repent and receive Jesus. Lord, I'm asking you for those same encounters all over this house. God, put people in our path that need what we have. 
No matter where we are, Lord, we've got help for somebody, and I ask you to do it, and I receive it as done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great Palm Sunday. Oh, yeah. Revival.